episode 63 of this developing story. Week 63 of just a developing story. Um, it's it's going good. It's going very good. Um, so this week I am I've been working on just some some little bug fixes. It's actually pretty interesting working on a product that is more developer focused. Um, I'm actually getting developers I know reaching out to me directly on questions, concerns. I'm seeing a lot of buzz around Netlify, which is awesome. Uh, it's a it's quite a different product. Um, working in block full-time as an engineer, it's, uh, the majority of the people I come in contact with were either new programmers or people interested in programming with block. So, um, it's always been a different focus, I guess, uh, the type of engineering that I was doing, um, still like Ruby and JavaScript and stuff like that, which is great. But now I'm getting like a lot more like interesting questions around like deploying servers and, uh, um, dealing with DNS and stuff like that, which is um, kind of stretching me a lot. Um, I do a bit of helping out with the ticketing. So when someone opens a, a ticket where something's not working correctly, not a, a, as expected, I spend at least a good hour, 30 minutes to an hour trying to see if I can answer any tickets and close them out and, um, fix bugs related to that. So that's been my focus this week, uh, for the most part. Um, haven't done anything else outside of that. Um, I've got some, some, talks that I'm going to be doing in the next uh, month or two um, that I'm working on trying to get some blog, blog posts written around them. Um, one's going to be about uh, the Rails slash Mongo slash Go setup we have for our backend. Um, the purpose of that, I kind of just um, just wanted to do a talk to help me force myself to learn more about the backend code because unfortunately I have actually put done very, very little backend code since I've been here, which is not a big deal because, because there's been so much front end focus that I haven't been able to peek in there and see what I could do. So I've been just focusing on the front end, making sure that's all good and dandy. And, uh, so the back end code, um, this talk's going to hopefully help me understand more of how everything's connected together. That's basically the entire talk. It's kind of like a, Hey, this is what we're doing at Netlify type of talk. So, um, which would be pretty cool. I haven't done anything like that. Um, as a talk, I guess I kind of did it for my last API talk, which I will put in the show notes. Um, I forgot to mention and that I mentioned that I had a video for that um, last week. But yeah, I did a, a Rails and React talk. Um, and I guess when I do my other talks in the future, I'll also post them in the show notes and also on YouTube. Um, we'll see how that works out. So yeah, just uh, just cleaning up a lot of code, making sure bugs are no longer bugs. And uh, yeah, it's been really swell. Um, I'm really enjoying my new role and uh, enjoying my time uh, with Netlify for sure. Um, so on to this episode, I actually have, so when I first started programming, I just, uh, just I guess, finished block, got my first job. I actually got reached out to by Saran, um, Yitabarik, um, I think I said that right. Anyway, uh, she is the head of Code Newbies. She started Code Newbies, came out of like a... Uh, a thing she did once she finished her boot camp, um, she was doing some like weekly hangouts, and then she turned into like some Twitter chats, and the Twitter chat turned into like a discourse, and this uh, I think before that it became a podcast, and now they have a Slack, and so it's it's quite the community. It's actually a pretty nice community uh, to be a part of, and uh, yeah, she reached out to me, had her had me on her podcast. Um, I was actually episode two of Code Newbies, so if you guys want to go back and check it out, I'll put it in the show notes. 
Um, but yeah, it's able to share my story, some of my experience of how I got into programming. Uh, actually, since I've been doing this podcast and doing interviews, I've had Saran on my list of short list of people that be on and finally reached out to her um, after she announced that she's doing Code Newbies for full time. She um, put her two weeks of her time in at uh, some other some other jobs, which we'll explain. Um, but yeah, she's doing it full time, which is awesome. There's a lot of cool things that are going to be happening out of Code Newbies, and she's going to talk about it more in detail um, in this episode. So hope you guys enjoy learning more about Saran. Um, we focused on a lot of what she's doing currently, which is awesome. I love that this developing story has a, a, a good range of what we can talk about, um, whether how you got the programming and what you're doing currently. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, here is Saran. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Saran. I'm founder of Code Newbie, and I actually just left my job recently to do Code Newbie full time. So I do podcasting and community, and we're building the largest community of people who are programmers and people learning to code. Awesome, and I, I so I'm really I'm really sure most of my listeners probably are familiar with Code Newbies. Awesome. Um, but every now and then we get some people who ask questions about it. So can you explain like what Code Newbies like, what the purpose is, and how you guys interact with like the community? Sure. So it started a couple years ago, two and a half years ago at this point, and the goal was to help people find each other who are also going on this coding journey. And so, you know, the, the inspiration for it was when I learned to code, I spent a couple months on my own in my apartment, quit my job, did it full time, and used a bunch of online resources, but it was a very, very lonely process. And there was really no one I could talk to, no one who really understood what I was going through. And then I applied and got accepted into an in-person boot camp. And all of a sudden, I had all these people who knew what it felt like when things didn't work, who got really excited when things finally you know, did what they were supposed to. And it was just such a different experience and such a, a better experience to go through that with so many other people. And when I graduated, it hit me that if you can't spend thousands of dollars and take, you know, I ended up taking a, a full six months off to learn to code, you don't really have that community. You don't have those people that you can lean on. And so I wanted to help people find each other. So I started the Code Newbie Twitter chat, which is hashtag Code Newbie every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. for one hour. And I would tweet out questions like, what are you learning? Where are you stuck? What, what are you excited about when it comes to code? And it was really just an excuse for people to answer, but in answering, find each other, talk to each other, find these commonalities. And slowly we built a community. And so at that point, it was really just supposed to be, you know, a little chat that I did, interviews with people at all different levels of their coding journey, and to dig into how they got there, what they're excited about, and all that. And we've been doing, um, we've done almost 100 episodes at, this, at, the, at the time of this recording, we've done 98 episodes. And so at this point, you know, I left my job, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, with the idea of kind of being more purposeful about what we do, because as you've you may have picked up, a lot of what we've done was um, a reaction to needs and problems that we've seen. And now I get to actually have strategies and think things through and, you know, have a bit more of a cohesive plan. So moving forward, we're going to focus very much on our community and on reaching just so many people who are all trying to be developers and trying to learn to code. But we're also going to create more content to support that. So we're going to go into video. We're actually planning our first Code to Be conference. It's going to happen in spring 2017 and so just creating all these other things to support and let people know that they're not alone and they can do this cool and where's that uh where's that conference gonna be or do you do you know yet 
most likely it's going to be in New York City because I'm in New York City, so that just kind of okay. makes planning a lot easier. Yeah, but it really depends on the venue that we get. Cool. Actually, I'm actually really looking forward to hopefully attending. Um, yeah, I would for love sure. for you to come. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so to zoom out a little bit, so you attended a, a boot camp, you said? Yes. And uh, so how long was the boot camp? The boot camp I attended was three months long. Okay, cool. So tell, tell me about like your your first job right to outside of the boot camp. Like what sort of role did you land right after the boot camp? Yeah, oh, it was terrible. So the first job that I had was uh, a hacker in residence position was the official name, which I love because it sounds totally badass. And in that position, it was myself and one other developer who also graduated from our boot camp. And it was the, the way the position was positioned <laughs> was that it was going to be the two of us and we were going to have a CTO, senior developer type person to answer questions and kind of guide the production of this platform that we were supposed to build. And we never really got that person. Uh, we had someone who was more of a, a mentor who spent an hour a week roughly to do you know, to, to kind of talk through things, but there really wasn't someone guiding the production. And so, you know, he and I kind of had to figure it out all on our own, which is good or bad, you know, to kind of depending on who you ask. I think he enjoyed it a lot more than I did. And it was one of those things where I said, man, I, I felt like we spent so much time doing things wrong 10 different ways before we got it right, if we got it right. And it was really that experience where we were, you know, kind of hacking things together, hoping things worked, not being able, just not, not knowing enough to have an informed roadmap. We were just kind of making it as we went. Yeah. And that was just, that was really tough. Yeah, I could imagine that being really hard, especially being, making that career change, because yeah. um, you didn't mention it, but if the listeners aren't assuming, you made a career change. Um, to developing. So not really having that background to be able to say, okay, this code works and this code wouldn't work. Like right. you just had to like wing it, I guess, per se. Basically. Yeah. And you know, the good thing is I've been in the tech world for two to three years before that. So I, you know, I worked alongside engineers and I worked for tech startups. And so, and yeah, I've, I spent a lot of time just looking at studying products. So I, I knew what the end result should feel like, you know, I knew I, like, I, I'm very familiar with lean and being agile and those types of things, but that's not really the same as prioritizing specific features and knowing what questions to ask to figure out what features should go first. Like those are much more technical and that's just things I just hadn't had experience with. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that, how long did that, 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 I guess that experience as a hacker in residence, how long did it last for you uh, before yeah, you jumped so, ship? Mm -hmm, yeah. So it was, uh, it was supposed to be a six month thing and I think we ended up staying a little bit longer. So we stayed until seven months and, you know, to be fair that I learned a lot. I've definitely learned a lot in that experience, but more than anything, it taught me all the things that I didn't know, like it clarified that for me because, you know, when you, you, know, you did, a, you did a boot camp as well. And I don't know how it was for you, but when I finished the boot camp, I felt like I knew just enough to make things work, right? Like I, I, I could make it come together, probably wouldn't come together well, but it would come together. But I didn't know what I should be learning next. And yeah. I didn't know, you know, like I wasn't aware of the gaps in my knowledge and after we built this, you know, platform on our own, I was like, oh, okay, I really need to learn testing and I really need to learn 
you know, just a lot of product management things and I really need to understand the pros and cons of doing this. And it just clarified things for me. And so the next role that I had was actually an apprenticeship. And at that point I said, I really need to get back to the learning and I want to be in a structured program where I have a mentor and someone that I can, you know, some place where I can just really, really focus on learning and being really good at this before getting a, a full-time dev job. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, so like the analogy that I actually mentioned in the very last podcast that I did, because um, the same question came, uh, the same, um, I guess, response came back when I asked a question. But mm -hmm. um, it's almost like, so I know Spanish, enough Spanish that if I went to Spain, like I can like order food and like get right. around. Yep. But like, I always think I don't know any Spanish, like when I'm here in the States and like, I never use it. And like, I'll hear it and be like, oh, I know what you're saying. But when it comes to like time for me to like actually say like words, like, yeah. I think I don't know it, but then I start speaking and I'm like, oh, okay, I know it. Mm -hmm. But then I also, I'm very aware of like, I have no idea how to talk like properly. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure my Spanish like sounds like I'm a three-year-old um, <laughs> when I'm speaking, but I'm very aware of it. So like, I know exactly what I need to, like, what I need to practice. And I think that same parallel is like pretty valid for people who are not a code. Mm -hmm. Like, you can like read tutorials, you can go, to, even go through a boot camp and like build small, like small projects, new projects, whatever it is. But until you're like thrown out to like in, out in the water and have to like do a project where there's like no, almost no boundary of like yeah, where exactly. you can take things. Yep. Um, that's like where the learning really starts. Yes. And the same thing for like conversational Spanish is like, once you're out in the middle of nowhere and you really need to like use your Spanish to, uh, you to use the bathroom. Yeah. yeah then like <laughs> you'll remember it or if not, you'll write it down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's cool. So you, you got to, uh, this apprenticeship, which I think um, this is a ThoughtBot yep. thing. Okay, so explain mm -hmm. to me what that is, because I actually looked into that um, months ago, um, months before I even got my first job, um, and I was very interested in how that, that looked as far as apprentice at ThoughtBot. Sure. So it was a three-month apprenticeship, and so you spend each month with a different mentor. And so there's a senior developer that's assigned to you, and you basically, it really depends on who your mentor is, but for the most part, you spend the full day, at least half the day, working directly with them. Um, it's highly suggested that you, or highly recommended, that you pair with them. So I spend a lot of time pairing, and for the first month, you kind of work on uh, you know, your own like pet project type thing. And the second and third month you work more on client stuff. And so the idea is to level you up to get to a point where you can be hired as a full-time developer. Um, so, you know, the whole thing is, and the thing I just, I love, I love ThoughtBot so much. They're such a great company. And one of the things I really liked about it was that they're really two roles. You're either a developer or you're a designer and both have to code. And so as a developer, you get to build products and you get to talk to users and you, you know, you have a say in the design stuff as well and you prototype and you really are creating a thing. You're not just a code monkey. Um, and so as an apprentice, it was nice because my job was to learn and my job was to focus on my skills. So I got to see the design stuff and see the product stuff and, and get to be in on all that. But I had to focus, of course, on, on my own skills. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's awesome that you were able to, not only, I guess you kind of got what you didn't get in your first job, it sounds like. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, which is, which is really good. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in the Bay area, there's so many boot camps that are like graduating so many students that students have to kind of accept, like it's, it's, it's sad, but I, I think if they fought, if they did a really good job of networking, uh, they don't really have to fight to find like the perfect job for them. Uh, but sometimes I find like students who aren't really as great at networking, they kind of settle into their first job. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the first job doesn't look as ideal as, as they thought it would have been. And uh, I think for students that are, are for graduates of programs or people who are new to code who get in that position, I think you could probably take as much as you can out of that first position as you, as, as you could possibly get. Cause like we talked about, like, you know, getting that conversational coding out of the way and like really understanding code, mm -hmm. like you'll get that value. And uh, I think your, your direction and how your path that you took as your next step to like get that position that actually was going to get you to grow. Um, I think is like a really, really great like example of what to do next, especially if you're in a position where you, you don't really know what, what is next. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is, it worked out really well for me, but for the first uh, year, I guess, year, maybe a little over a year after I graduated, I didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, the, the Hacker and Residence program, it, it didn't definitely wasn't paying developer rates, and the ThoughtBot apprenticeship pays 2000 bucks a month. So I think there's definitely, you know, a, a level of financial stability that I had that allowed me to do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm living with my husband, so there's support there, too. And so, you know, I think that that's one of the things that's one of my biggest reasons, my biggest motivations for Code Newbie is always remembering that, you know, the the unpaid internships, the low paying apprenticeships, the the things that frankly really, really are awesome for learning also come at an opportunity cost and not everyone can do that. And so, you know, I think it's great. It's totally worth it. And also, it's totally worth it if the company does it right, right? And you have a good mentor and you have senior developers who are very focused on teaching. But it's also definitely a position of privilege to be able to not have to worry about um, money on a temporary basis and be able to take that time for yourself. Yeah, that's that's actually really, really true. I had actually had Kent uh, C. Dodds on here um, talking mm -hmm. with me a few episodes back. Uh, episode 56 for anybody who's taking notes. But um, he mentioned, he actually gave a talk. Um, first time I actually even saw this guy talk. He gave a talk about privilege as a, um, as a developer. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like the first step is like understanding the privilege. And then the second step is understanding who don't have, who doesn't have privilege and being able to help those people. And that's what I like things like Code Newbie and Free Code Camp. Like as, if you inject yourself in the community, let's say you don't have like, you have to work full time and like you don't really mm -hmm. have a choice of going to a boot camp or um, feeding the family, like obviously going to feed the family first or at least feed, feed and clothe yourself first um, mm -hmm. if you don't have a family. And I think having that community of people who are also in the same position, you're able to work out like different schedules. Like when I was doing full-time, when I did my boot camp uh, and I was working full-time, like I met, I did something very similar to what you did. I met and learned code with other people on the internet. And mm -hmm. I met Sunday nights at nine o'clock because that was like the one time like I can guarantee my wife and son would both be asleep mm. or, or both be <laughs> yep. like quiet enough that I could focus on this. Yeah. And, uh, I found other people, mainly other people in Europe, but it just worked out that way that were able to like work with me uh, together and also learn code alongside of me. Yeah. And that's what I loved about because, you know, we had you on the Kundi podcast on the second episode. And that was my favorite part about having you on the show is showing people what it looks like if you can't take six months off and spend thousands of dollars on an immersive program. And I remember you saying you got like four hours of sleep, you yeah. wake up, you know, crack a dawn to get it done. You used to do the, um, I don't know if you still do, but you used to do like the, uh, the book club or the study session during your lunch breaks. And yep. I would have people tweet at me or email me specifically about those moments and say, wow, like if this guy who just had a kid and has a family support, if he can find hours here and there to make his coding journey happen then I surely can and that's just that's really really inspirational yeah yeah and uh, I did the book club up until last year I think mm -hmm. I 
I stopped doing the Ruby Newbies group um, just because I was I really wanted to look at other things besides Ruby, and I was mm-hmm. really pigeonholing myself into just doing Ruby. Um, so I actually handed it off to somebody else to take over, and uh, yeah. But up until last year, we were doing uh, hack like hack projects and book clubs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it, it just comes from like so like my background is like I have come over from single parent um, home, and even though my dad wasn't around, my dad also worked like multiple jobs just to keep up. And my mom worked multiple jobs. So mm-hmm. I grew up seeing my family do that. So I, I knew if I wanted to achieve this goal, that if I had to do less sleep for three months, then that was going to, that was basically the thing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I kind of take that same approach to even learning new code, uh, which is another thing I, why I look, love Code Newbie so much is that every time I go to learn a new language or a framework, I just jump in that channel in the Slack. And, mm-hmm. like, just look at what questions, what links people are throwing out there. And, like, even now that I, like, so now I'm, like, a little more advanced in React. Now I'm just, like, kind of looking at the chat and looking for easy questions for me to answer mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. come up, too. Yeah. So, and I can really, uh-huh. like, prove that, to myself that I know, yeah. like, yeah, React well. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Like finding the questions to see, can you, can you answer the questions that other newbies are answering? That's a good, good strategy. Yeah, I mean, it really, like... It, co- it confirms that you know what you know. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if it's untested, especially something like React, which is kind of a bit all over the place as a library, and now, like, I guess you can really consider it as a framework now um, that they have, like, all this other stuff that comes along with it. Um, but, yeah, you could really get lost and, like, get, like, the thing JavaScript fatigue or whatever. Um, but having, like, a community be like, hey, guys, I really have no idea what Webpack is or what it means, like, somebody please just like tell me what this line is yeah have that like (laughs) just to drop that in the chat or what i actually what i used to do a lot of uh, with the code newbie is i would write a stack overflow question Mm -hmm. and then i would just drop it in the code newbie chat and -hmm. then i would get like a bunch i would get one i would get my answer but also i get other like upvotes and like points Mm -hmm. um from like supportive people in the community so that's that's pretty much why I have points on Stack Overflow. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of game, game the system by putting it in front of really nice people. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. awesome. So w- tell me, so finally, like before we get to like full-time code newbie, you, you worked for micro- Microsoft for a bit too. So tell me how yep. that came about. Sure. So this was uh, over a year ago at this point. I got an email from someone and he basically said, Hey, I saw this position at Microsoft and it's basically a lot of the stuff that I know you care about and a lot of the stuff that you're doing for code newbie, but you could get paid to do it. And I thought, Oh my goodness. Yes, please. And it was a program manager position for a technical training program called tech jobs Academy. And so the idea is that we have tons of really bright, really motivated, really smart people um, specifically in New York City, and a lot of them are making less than 50000 which, especially for New York City, is not a lot. And if they just had a little bit of training, a little bit of support, they would be able to get those tech jobs that can really give them a whole new life, right, and be able to support their family in a whole new way. And so uh, they wanted to start this program in partnership with the city government and with our local community college, and they needed someone on Microsoft's side to lead that effort, and so that's what the position was. Uh, and so I said, yes, please like put in, you know, put in a good word if you're willing. And then he did, and and then I got it. Cool. And that was a so it was more of like a it was less of a coding job. It was more of like a community management. Yeah. Uh, community management isn't quite it. I. I have a newfound respect for people who run programs because it is a lot of work. So for us, it was, 
Oh my goodness. It was, you know, before the actual program starts, there's so much that needs to be set up. There's the legal, the legal side of things, like who gives what to who, who owns what, we, what does the budget look like? I mean, there's just so many of just really, frankly, boring legal things that you have to figure out. There's, you know, what does the application process look like? How many steps are there going to be? There's the marketing and recruitment part. You know, how do you find the people who are technical enough to, or not technical enough, but interested in tech enough, right, to do this type of program, but who don't have a CS degree. Otherwise, you know, that it's like not the point of the program to replace a CS degree. It's to give you, um, to give opportunities to folks who may not have it. So how do you find like that specific demographic? Uh, and then there's, you know, the actual curriculum itself. So do you have tests? Are there grades? Are there final projects? Who assesses the projects? Uh, you know, how do you keep students accountable? We have to hire instructors. So there's that. There's, oh my goodness, there's like, there are other things I just didn't even think about, like the physical space, right? We had to build a, a lab for this and we had to get all the equipment for it, but we needed a breakout room for group projects and lunch breaks. And we realized like we didn't have a microwave and people wanted a microwave. I mean, there's just, there's so many aspects of it. And so my job was to figure out most of that and to figure out, you know, from a big picture perspective to all the little details of where we're going to put the microwave in the classroom. So that was a majority of my job. Wow. That, that is a lot. And yeah, yeah, yeah you weren't, you weren't kidding about uh, people who manage projects. Um, I don't think I've actually had a role of that sense. Like I've, I haven't organized Ruby newbies. That wasn't really much of anything, but yeah, definitely hats off to you for doing that for Thank sure. Thank you. And, and, you know, speaking of the, the Ruby newbies, that, that to me was the most surprising thing is just how different it is to manage a digital community versus an in-person community. Yeah. Right? Because up to, yeah, up to that point, we hadn't even had our first in-person meetup yet. So we really were purely digital. It was all podcasts, Slack, and Twitter chats. That was mostly it. And going from that and having inherently a screen between you and your community is very, very different from going into a classroom every day and seeing 25 people and being just incredibly invested in all the details of their lives, right? Because if, you know, if someone is having a bad day, they don't perform as well in class. If they have, uh, you know, a problem with their, their kid or they have to pick up their kid or they get in a fight with their boyfriend, like all those little things that you probably won't know about when you're managing a digital community, you see up close. And so it's not... It's not as simple as teaching people technical skills. It's teaching people technical skills and putting them in a position and giving them enough support that they can actually complete the work and do the program, which yeah. is more about social support and, you know, family and money and life than it is intelligence or ability. Wow. Cool. Very cool. So now you're doing Codenabies full time and, mm -hmm. uh, we talked a little bit offline of what that looks like for you today to day, um, but now you're with you being 100 percent focused. What what what's in store for Code Newbies like going forward? Yeah, oh, we have so many so many things. I'm so excited. We have so many things. Um, it's it's basically finally being able to do all the things I've been sitting on and had on my to do list for years, and finally being able to do it. So a really good example of that is we're finally doing our Code Newbie conference which I've wanted to do for a very long time. We're very close to securing a venue, and once we do that, we're going to officially announce it. So hopefully that'll happen in the next couple of weeks. And that's going to happen either late March or early April of 2017. And I'm just, I'm really excited for the opportunity to 
actually see the community, right? When we talk about that digital audience and the digital community and having a screen between you, you know, being able to spend a couple quality days with people is really, really exciting. That's one of the big ones. Um, we're also reworking our in-person meetup events, which is something that I've wanted to do for a while. Uh, we've been doing those for almost a year at this point, and they're pretty open-ended. We have a mixer and we have a community coding session. And now that I have the time and the bandwidth to focus on this, I want to create more of an experience. I want to create more of an opportunity for people to get together and learn from each other in a bit more of a structured way, which, excuse me, in a bit more of a structured way, which I'm hoping gets people really, really excited. And again, going back to providing that emotional support system for people, um, I'm hoping that the, the changes we make are going to do that. And part of that is launching Code to be New York City, which um, it's funny the timing on that because it's going to be August 12 is going to be the date and I'm going to officially announce that and, and put that up soon. We have gotten so many requests literally in the last month of people saying, is there a Code to be New York City meetup? If there isn't, can we start one? I'm like, it's coming, it's coming, just 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 give me a week <laughs> just let me let me figure out the details but it's coming so that's happening and that's one that I'm going to personally be hosting so I'm very very excited about that um, we're also going to get into more content creation so we're working on a new podcast so right now the Kona podcast is it's a tech podcast but it's not a technical podcast right we focus yeah. like you do on the stories and the people but there's always some technical concept that comes out of it that we never really get to address. And so I want to start a new series that is going to follow like two or three days after the Code Navy podcast that says, you know, last week you may have heard the term Git. Let's do a 10 minute thing on like what Git is, you know, so kind of having a more technical component that piggybacks off of the main show. Yeah, that would be really valuable. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. And I, I like, you know, we're going to keep it in the same RSS feed so you don't have to like double subscribe. But yeah, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to do a better job of striking the balance between the human stories, but then also bringing in opportunities to explain technical concepts. You know, one thing that if, if you're not familiar with our community, people assume that we teach people to code and that's not really what we do. We think there's plenty of people who teach people how to code and frankly do a much better job than I probably could. But there aren't a lot of good examples of slightly meta things like what framework do I choose or what are the benefits of, you know, backbone. It kind of the things that are not specifically teach me backbone, but getting you to a point where you even want to learn backbone as an example. And so I want to create more content through podcasts and through videos that help people make better decisions and inform them so that when they're ready to say, okay, I'm now going to learn this specific skill, they are confident in that. And then they can go on to Code Academy, Treehouse, Block, like whatever it is to actually get the skill itself. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, I was just talking to a new programmer and trying to explain to them how the console in Chrome works, like mm -hmm, with JavaScript. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, I basically like fell over myself trying to explain it. Exactly. But to be able to like point to like a podcast episode and be like, oh, here, let's listen to this podcast and like. This person will explain yes. it to you. Like, I'm sorry, I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great example. And, and that's the kind of thing where if you are, you know, an online boot camp that's teaching people Ruby on Rails, that may not be a natural fit in your curriculum, right? Like that, yeah. that specifically, but that's a tool that you'd use for a number of different languages or frameworks. Like that's something that you just kind of need to know. 
So finding what are those topics that don't fit in neatly into a language or into a framework, into a specific track that you need to know as a developer, like what are those things? And I want us to be the go-to resource for the things that are a little bit more meta and maybe a little bit harder to find. Yeah, yeah, that's super awesome. I think um, the Shop Talk show, um, I think mm-hmm. you, were, you were on there uh, maybe a few months ago. But uh, yep. yeah, they do a really good job of like answering like really, really like simple questions. And I think they do a really good job. I'm just, I, this just comes to mind, but they do a really good job of like answering them like with like good answers too. Like yeah. not just like brushing them off and be like, hey, I don't know how like CSS works. And they'll give their answer and then like, yeah, it, it's it's super valuable. I love listening to those guys talk about like even the easiest questions. Yeah, and, and that's actually a great example because we, uh, we had Chris Courier on the show a couple months ago and one of the questions I asked him was about CSS tricks and how he started that very, very, very famous blog. And I remember him saying that he would answer just have really, really good explanations for very simple kind of basic, quote unquote basic, basic depending on who you are, right? Yeah. Um, basic questions. And what ended up happening is that his senior developers who have friends who were interested in, in coding, interested in, in specifically HTML, CSS stuff, would ask, a, a, again, a quote unquote simple question. And the senior developer would kind of have a hard time answering it like you did with the console. And he and they would just say, oh, just go to CSS tricks. There's a good explanation there. So he ended up becoming the default place to go for that intro level stuff that people need to know about because he has really good beginner friendly explanations. That's the, the level that we're trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I, I even feel like I'm, I'm only been, I'm doing, doing this for like three years now. And I, I feel like sometimes some concepts where I go to explain it, like very simply, or even like I just wrote a blog post on some basic things in React. And I've been re- only doing React for six months, but now I have kind of take a lot of things for granted. Mm-hmm. And I skip over certain things where people would be like, hey, wait, wait, what did you, yes. you just say there? Like, yep. what do you mean? Like, what about this? Yep. And uh, yeah, so I have to catch myself to slow down now too. And it's it's crazy how like quickly that happens. Mm-hmm. There was a good tweet uh, from Dan Abramoff who like is part of Facebook now and did like a lot of the React tooling and stuff like that. And he basically said, "You're you're everybody's a newbie until you're not." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like just, you just all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And you like you don't know when it happens either. Like there's no like epiphany, and like you get like a crown, and then you're like you're now like middle developer. Like yeah. Good luck. <laughs> You can come Middle into the developer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not quite senior because you can't be senior until like someone like grants you senior status. Yeah, there you go. I'm not sure how that as works. As soon as you get the title, as soon as you get the title, then you're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to see that content coming out. Um, I definitely need to like stay, keep more tabs on Code Newbies. Um, other than the, like the Slack, I think I need to get back in the discourse and answer yeah. questions and ask questions. Because um, I think the Go, so I, I, I learned Go around January. Um, and I use a lot of code newbies. Like I, I kind of leveraged that community a lot because Go is not super friendly for beginners. Um, mm-hmm. they're trying to yeah, get better. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to get much better. Um, but they're not getting too, I mean, yeah, there's just not a lot of like good entry level things that don't assume, you know, like low level things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think a good yep. guess, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest guests live on my podcast for your podcast, but um, the CEO of Splice, um, he actually wrote a really good blog, blog post about making Go for everyone and why the, he basically just told the community, hey, we need to do a better job at this. Like, mm-hmm. we don't do a good job. And I think they just recently started GoBridge. 
um, which is actually yeah. GoBridge has been around for I think a year now, but mm -hmm. they're starting to try to push it more to be able to um, bring more newer programmers into the fold and not mm -hmm. just be like a place where senior devs can geek out about senior dev like caching and working in low level like C looking like things. But yeah. Cool. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, I'll send over an email with that with that guy's name, and sure. uh, I might know of someone who knows him if he's interested. But um, yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, that's all the questions I had really for you. Um, I think it was actually a really good conversation um, for sure. It's nice to get to know your story and also get to know like your in progress story, especially with so many mm -hmm. like new things happening for you. Um, doing code newbies uh, full-time and stuff. Yeah. And one other thing I, I wanted to bring up is um, you mentioned kind of that things are in progress. And I feel like that's one of the things that I'm very, very bad at is like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm so focused on getting to the end and I'm so focused on, you know, seeing, seeing kind of like what happens at the end. And I feel like everything I'm doing, it all just feels like stepping stones, you know, like even when you think about what it takes to put on a conference, you have to find sponsors and a venue and food. And there's all these things that are really just, just a long list of chores until you finally get to the conference. And then you have the two days of the conference to realize <laughs> the year's worth of work you put into it. And so one thing, two things that I've been doing recently to, to be more mindful of the time I'm spending and just to kind of appreciate the journey itself and not always be thinking about the next thing is when I've started blogging. So I'm on medium.com. It's medium.com slash at Saranya Bark. And so I've started like actually documenting the lessons I've learned and what I've done. And it's been so useful because at the end of the day, I force myself to just sit and think, what is today's takeaway? You know, like what is the thing that I got out of today? And it's been really great. And then the second thing I've been doing is I've, I've started vlogging. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Uh, I haven't. I know you mentioned it, but I haven't made my way over there yet. Yes, you should totally watch it. If, if, if you know me, then you won't think I'm a total idiot. But if you, um, if you don't know me, you, you'll probably judge me. It's fine. Um, but it's been, it's been really, really fun to, I think we've published six vlogs at this point. And it's been really, really fun because in the morning, you know, when I start my day, I will think, what about today is worth capturing? And simply asking that question just really has made me focus on what I'm actually doing and not so fixated on the result of what I'm doing, if that distinction makes sense. Um, and so it's just been like those two things have been, have been just really, really great for me personally to be more focused on what I'm doing and to appreciate the in-progress part and not just be focused on the end. Yeah. Man, that's like really, really good advice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I highly recommend everybody, including myself, to go check out your vlog. And uh, I have been reading your blogs, um, which have been great. And uh, I definitely appreciate those, too. Um, Thank you. So cool. Uh, once again, thanks for coming on and uh, happy hacking. <laughs> thanks for having me. And that was Saran. And that was a, a great conversation. I love that. Um, I tried to reach out to people I don't know. Um, try to get like, I guess, technically I, I cold call uh, quite a few people to be on this podcast, um, which is fun, but it's always nice to have someone I'm also familiar with as well. Um, I, Saran, it's, I've only ever talked to her in length on the Code Newbies podcast and then a few times in between about some other side things that she was working on getting feedback from. And uh, yeah, so I just, I, those are my, my only contacts, but I feel like I know so I know Saran now, and I think um, I know her better now, and I think 
hopefully you guys have a better understanding who Saran is and what, what she's all about, which is uh, awesome. And uh, if you aren't a part of Code Newbies, I really highly recommend go to codenewbie.org. Um, check out the Slack, join in there, ask questions on Discourse. If you get like that Discourse page is super awesome. If you aren't as big in Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow can be a little daunting for a new programmer. Um, even like current existing programmers, um, Stack Overflow can be a little weird of how to craft questions and make sure you don't piss people off. But um, yeah, take advantage of that Discourse, take advantage of the community, and take advantage of. Um, Getting in contact with Saran, like uh, give her some feedback. Now that she's doing Code Newbies full time, um, see what you could do to help her out. Like join the Twitter chat on Wednesdays, um, hashtag Code Newbie. Um, if um, usually the the topic is around the podcast um, that happened in the last week, so check out the podcast as well. Um, since you're listening to this podcast, I assume um, you're into podcasts enough that you're you would like to subscribe to her podcast. All right. So other than that. Um, I am going to keep chugging along and to keep coding and hopefully you guys will do the same and I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.